Are you ready? I am. What show is this? Episode three. Excellent. Let us do it. Welcome to another episode of 17 Minutes. And now, La Boule and A. Yesterday, we left off talking about uh, whether or not Biden was going to win, and then ultimately, whether or not we think uh, the Republicans and or the president are going to be graceful uh, if indeed Biden does win. Is Biden going to win? It depends. What on? on? A lot of factors. Number one, who does Biden pick as his VP? That's a big thing. Now, as a Bernie supporter, that's who I supported back in the day. There's three that I've seen like a lot of the Bernie groups putting up. And those three are Barbara Lee, Nina Turner, and... Karen Bass. Congressional Representative Karen Bass from, I think, from the 37th District in Los Angeles, which is... And, and I love Karen Bass. Don't get me wrong. I love Karen Bass. I better leave it there, just in case she ever hears this. I love you, Karen Bass. Another one that I would I'd like to see would be... Congressional Representative Tammy Duckworth. Absolutely. So those are my four horsemen of the great apocalypse. And it really depends on who Biden's handlers pick, because I think Biden is dementia ridden. I think he's doing better now because whatever drugs they're giving him, they might give him the drug, shoot him in his neck. He's like, I'm back. And they hold pictures from him. Which one? Small the one you want. That one, that one, that one. Yeah, that one. It was Stacey Abrams. Stacey, yeah. Give him a shot and sip, and he got him all perky, and they said, okay, Stacey Abrams is going to be your pick, okay? And they put him on television, he's like, yeah, babble, 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 and she's sitting there going, come on. You really think that she was the pick that early and at that point? I think she was supposed to be the pick, and I think that he just forgot. Oh! Now it's over. They, they can't, you can't go back. You, you can't redo that one. So it's like, okay, we got to gotta move, move on. Why do you think the pick is more important in this election cycle than any other cycle that we've had in the past? I think this is the first election we've been in when the majority of the country really suspects that the president isn't going to make it through his term. Now, Biden is a patriot. So let me go back. Can somebody else be a patriot? Yeah, Biden's a patriot. How so? He is giving his life for the country. He's giving his life for a platform for the military industrial complex, for the insurance complex, for all the lobbyists, but whoever whoever runs our country, the little small cabal that controls everything, they came and said, we're going to tap you. Doop, doop. And they tapped him and he says, I'll take the call. And Biden got up there and is doing this. So Biden should be resting. Don't you think he's been resting in his basement? He may be, but it is stressful knowing he's going to be back in that cycle. I mean, it is a cycle. He watched this young guy named Barack Obama turn to this old man right in front of his eyes. He's like, sure, I, I survived that. And even though he feels a little bit of that, he didn't wear the big eye. He doesn't feel that pain, that suffering, you know, because if you have any bit of empathy in your POTUS, you suffer. You know, like when Christ stood up and looked over top of Jerusalem and it says, and he wept because he feel the pain there. He could, it was his people. He felt that. And that's what a true leader does. This psychopath right now has no empathy. And that's why he doesn't really care. That's why he can put his people up there and give them sick and let them spread like a bioweapon. So he feels no pain. How about his base, that 20 to 30%? Are they suffering from some of the same? Yeah, he's running a death cult. And it's so divided. There's so many facets of it. They're built on hate. Trump ran a hate campaign. You know, build a wall, have a ban, do this, do that. 
keep marijuana illegal. All of these things are just built upon hatred. Granted, Obama didn't do the best at unifying the country, but he really had an intention to. Everything that Obama did, Trump was the anti of it. He's an anti-Messiah. His idea was to undo anything that the previous president did. There's never been a president in the United States who's done that before. When do you think he made that switch? Because I'm still of the mind that he didn't, he just kind of ran as a fun thing, an ego stroke. And then once he saw that he had a stride and that he could win, something happened. I have my own crazy conspiracy theories, but one of the things that I think there was a White House press corps dinner. Oh yeah, the yeah, the the Obama thing where Obama made a joke about him. But no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? All kidding aside, obviously we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, for example, uh, no, seriously, just recently, in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice, at the steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. Nice job, Obama. That shit was funny as fuck. But that pissed Trump off. Because Trump is a fragile ego. Trump wants to be part of the acceptable A-list. Trump is a D-list actor. Right. He wanted, he wanted to be on the A-list. And the A-list laughed in his face. There's a story that Charlie Sheen tells about meeting Trump and how he gave him this fake watch and Charlie Sheen got it appraised and it was just garbage. Charlie Sheen is hardcore A-list. Charlie Sheen, I mean, back in the day, he ran he ran a crew in LA and he did big things. Like like that was that's the crowd that was the guy to hang out with back in his heyday. Probably still is. I don't I'm not in LA anymore. I don't know. But that's what Trump wanted. And now Trump's at the White House press corps dinner and he's trying to be part of the A-list and now he's getting just roasted and humiliated. So you think that he actually ran with the intention to win that it didn't happen somewhere along the way in that 12 to 16 months of running? Well, if you go and look back, Trump first ran back in like in the 80s. Uh, Oprah talked to Trump like, why don't you run? And her crowd's like, yay, they're all applauding for him. In 2000, Trump ran. Trump ran in like 2008, uh, 2012. So Trump's been running for, for a while. But this was the first time that he took it seriously. I think he took it seriously right then. However, this is my personal thing. I think in 2005, when Trump had his wedding and the Clintons came, from what I've gathered information, they had this little gathering afterwards, 25 of them sat together and they came up with what was called the plan. And the plan was that was the Clinton's idea of how to get Hillary into office. 
that's what was part of it. It was the plan. I, I could have got the date wrong, 2005, but it was when Trump got married. And that's when Hillary got him on board. Like, look, at I, I want to be president. And Trump was like, you should be president. Because he used to donate to the Clintons. So Trump was on board right then. Uh, and according to Stormy Daniels in her book, uh, Hillary called Trump in 2015. It was like, don't forget about the plan, the plan, the plan. And she's like, what the fuck is the plan she's talking about? So I think it was part of the Clinton's plan to have Trump run to sheepdog the Republicans because she knew that she could push Bernie out. We didn't know that, but she did because she had the whole system set. And then it would just be her and Trump. And then Trump would bow down and he would lose. And the result is he would get all of this publicity and his shows uh, that he was doing, the, the, the Apprentice, would boom. But bigger than that, he would get his own reality TV show. What happened? You've given me two possibilities. One, that when he got married uh, to Melania, and it was 2005, that plan started to get put into place. Or there was the press dinner with Obama. But still, at some point, he had... He- he has to make that choice of like, no, I'm really going to run and I'm really going to try to win this thing or I'm just fucking around, you know, to make money and to get my name out there. I saw a book or it was a documentary somebody did a while about running for president. Like Newt Gingrich used to run for president all the time. He never went to win. And it's that most people that run for president don't want to win, but they do it because they get to do book deals afterwards and they get to have like public speaking engagements and they can charge twenty dollars to $100,000 for these engagements. So that's what it was about. All these guys, like like Ben Carson had no intention of winning. He just wanted to do book tours and to do these engagements. All these guys did. They had no idea how far it was going to go. It was just the perfect storm. Like 2012, Trump Trump ran again. And he kind of, kind of, kind of teetered out. But in 2016, when Hillary's there, it's just, everything's changing now. And then she's like, Trump, I really need you to be take this seriously, okay? There was some time I heard her say this once. When Trump started doing his thing, she said, quote, he is off the reservation. And I was like, how first off, that's so disrespectful for her to even use that term. But you know what she meant? Trump wasn't on the plan anymore. This is my belief. And I get this from Michael Moore. Michael Moore did a documentary called Trump Lamb. And in it, he found out that Trump took it seriously. Trump was like, okay, I'm going to do it for Hillary. And she's like, no matter how bad it gets, you get a stick in there. And he's like, yeah, 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 the worse, the better, right? And then Hillary is supposed to do a tour across the country, but she doesn't do a tour. But you know who does? Uh-oh. Trump. Trump does his tour. Trump sticks to the plan. And he does, does a tour across the United States. He goes to all these little small towns, and he sees how it is. And they're like, oh, my God, you're the Wat Messiah. You're going to save us from the Clintons and blah, blah, blah. You're going to make our country great again. And you know what? He began to believe his own bullshit. He's like, holy shit, maybe I am the white Messiah. And he thought for a moment, maybe I'm in the right place at the right time. And then you have these conservative, hardcore Zionists. And I say Zionist as in the term like uh, the first Zionist Congress. You know, a lot of those guys, their descendants are over in Israel and they see Trump as just this. Trump is this Mushia. He's like Cyrus. Mm. In the video I have, these guys made a coin with Trump and Cyrus on the same side, like the great Cyrus. So to be the Mushiach, you don't have to necessarily be Jewish, but you have to be willing to do the will of the Jewish people. And they gave Trump money and they gave him this and that. And he was like, you have my attention. I'm going to help you guys. And I think the combination of white America, evangelicals thinking that, you know, you're the, the Messiah and them telling him that this is an egomaniac. 
when you feed that information to his brain, it absorbs something different than it does in the average person who thinks this is crazy. He thinks this is crazy. I am the Messiah. I am the right place at the right time. Yeah, I don't believe in this stuff, but you know, it, it makes me look good. And and they sucked up to him. And this says, we'll follow you like a cult. And he believed it. Trump had no plan on winning. Even at this point, he's like, I'll take your money. I'll take your glory. I'll take this all. And then what ends up happening? There's a joke that Richard Pryor tells a long time ago about the first black president. Like all these white guys go in there and they're like, I'll drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll vote for him. And the next day is like, he won. He fucking won. That's what happened. There's a video of Melania and Trump right when it was announced that they won. And Trump looks like he saw a ghost. And Melania looks like this is fucking horse shit. I didn't sign on for this. And she's pissed because they weren't supposed to win. Right. Their whole lives changed. So we've got a guy who comes in who has some narcissistic traits like we talked about in the very first episode who seems to, anytime you make fun of him, anytime you stir the hornet's nest, you question his, his greatness or his wonderfulness, um, he reacts just terribly. He literally, to me, is the epitome of what would happen to you anytime you might whack a hornet's nest. You're just going to get beat down and attacked. What happens if Biden wins? What the hell is Trump going to do? It depends on how bad he wins. Like, like if it's an absolute blowout. So Biden picks the right person. Yeah. Of the four horsemen that I just listed. Uh, and the Bernie support comes out. Like, they're like, eh, it ain't Bernie. But for me, the worst case scenario for Trump would be if Biden picked Nina Turner. That is going to ignite the Bernie base. I know a lot of people that were like, yeah, I love Bernie. I like Bernie, but I love Nina. And so if it's her, it's going to be bad news. They're coming out in droves. They're voting for a person who they hated because they know his time is limited. And then she is on the platform. She's going to make him make some changes. If that's the case, it's going to be the most, it'll be the largest voter turnout in U.S. history. Trump will get crushed so bad that he will be like, you know, I'm not, he won't even call and say, I'm sorry. He'll walk off and this is Trump's words. You'll never see me again. You think he'll stomp off. You don't think that he will react with more force than uh, perhaps a military situation or calling on his entire executive wing to fix it so that he can remain the president? If it is Nina, then it's going to be so lopsided. He's not going to be able to say like, well, I, I think they cheated. Like it would be pandemonium and especially the black vote. The black vote will come out and support her. The Bernie crowds, Bernie people will come out and support her. If it's her, that's going to be crazy. If it's um, somebody like, let's say, let's say worst case scenario, and this would be worst case scenario for me. Worst case scenario, it is, um, let, first let's stick to the fact that he's going to pick a female. And let's just say that it's going to be Elizabeth Warren. Okay. And the Elizabeth Warren, which means the Bernie... Bernie base isn't coming out. Some of them are, but a bunch of them aren't. Now it's close. If it's close, Trump's not going to leave office. He's going to demand a recount. And that's going to cause problems. And if the recount's even more close, he's going to demand another recount and a third recount and a sixth recount, which would be just about June. This is the perfect spot for us to stop with our 17 minutes because that is a whole episode unto itself. So what are we talking about again? What was the main? 
We were talking about uh, whether or not Biden would win, and we just started to talk about what Trump might do uh, in a variety of scenarios. This has always been in the hands of the Democrats, always has been. Hillary's loss was because of the Democrats. And it's the same thing. If they really want to win, they need to recognize the power of the Bernie base. If Bernie had been Hillary's VP, she would have won. And if Biden picks one of those four, he is going to win. And I don't think we're going to have to worry about what Trump's going to do. So again, it's up to the Dems. The entire game is up to them. That means you, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, and by the way, shout out Shahid Buttar. Kick her ass. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.